Welcome to the Pursuing Perspective podcast in connection with The Warrior Project and sponsored in part by the Medjukos Health Institute. This podcast brings together people who actively pursue healing and growth on their journey and want to help others do the same. It is not just another bank of ideas from experts in their field, but is also a place that includes paths for practical application to shift both beliefs and behaviors for the purpose of progression. It's about knowing where you're at and how to get to where you want to be. Hello, friends. I'm so happy that you're here. I am your host, Chantel Thaxton Blake. This is episode 23, the two words on my wrist that changed everything. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a location for work that I haven't been to in about 12 years. When I was last there, I was wrestling with some really deep pain and facing some very difficult decisions. I had an experience there that was pivotal on my journey an experience that provided me with an anchor for the coming storms. A few closest to me know parts of this story, but as the experience came full circle a couple of weeks ago, I realized the value in telling this and sharing the lessons that I learned. So when I was last there, um, I was um, about 12 years ago, I was still married um, and in a really difficult situation and, um, I felt incredibly alone and really confused about what I was supposed to be doing. I was in a lot of inner turmoil, um, had a lot of voices coming at me and wasn't 100% sure of the direction that I was supposed to be going. Um, I knew if I stayed, it would likely kill me, but it felt like leaving would kill me too. And so I just felt frozen couldn't sleep that night. Um, I was in kind of a (laughs) crappy hotel and um, wasn't sleeping for lots of reasons, but largely because that was so just couldn't get that out of my mind. It was just a constant in my field as I was trying to decide what I needed to do. So I ended up, and I don't remember if I'd taken scriptures with me, if I pulled it out of the the hotel (laughs) nightstand I think I, I think it was there, but I'd ended up um, pulling out the Bible and opening just open to just because I was trying to to do anything to maybe find some direction or comfort. And I um, turned ended up turning turning to um, Psalm and landed on Psalm 4610. And the scripture, the first part of it, of that verse were the words, be still and know that I am God. And it's difficult for me to explain here what happened in that moment for me as I read those words, but there was an element of peace that came over that is indescribable to, in that turmoil, I mean, I was anything but still. (laughs) And just those words, you know, be still, know that I am God. I've got this. I've got you. We've got this. Um, and this is all part of what needs to be happening. There was just so many things that I just became so sure of in that moment when I had felt so completely lost. And it was this, the only way I can describe it is, is this, I, I felt like I was just being tossed to and fro in, in so many aspects of this experience. And because of certain things I'd experienced also in the relationship, I'd really lost my sense of kind of, um, 
knowing what was truth, uh, what, what my own intuition and soul knew to be true. Um, when you experience certain things like gaslighting and, and other things, you, you get an over-reliant on everybody else's opinion, particularly for those in authority. Um, and so it's, it's, you get this disconnect from your own knowing that can make you feel really unsure. And it was like in that moment, it's like, you know how like when you're trying to put something together, like a puzzle or Legos or or it finally clicks, like how it's supposed to fit. That's what that moment was like for me. It was like click, like, okay, so there I am. Like there's that, this is where I need to start. And I explored more of those, those, those words I am are in several places in scripture. And and largely the power in that is that's how um, when Moses asked, you know, who who is this? And he basically came in saying, you know, I am that I am. I mean, this coming from ex- in Exodus and, and the power of the two words, I am. Um, it's just, it, it's hard to really put into words the power because they're all encompassing. Those two words, I am, it's a state of being. It's everything. It's the fullness of, of what um, the divine is, of what we are. Um, anybody in spirituality knows the power of those two words, I am. So I just anchored to that, those two things, to be still and know that I am God and just the power of I am. During that time, I just really needed to quiet all those voices that were telling me what I should do quiet what had been projected onto me from perspectives, opinions, beliefs, and everybody was full of them. And I was over-reliant on them because I had lost my own connection to my I am, to the divine, to the divine within me. And so I just started to let everything fall away, and that became my foundation upon which I built from that point on. You know, if we think about and hold hold the belief of the 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 stories of how this world came to be and how we came to be the the biggest thing that's come into my awareness is it was a separation of a separation it's everything in this journey is is an is a physical um experience or representation of what's happening on an energetic or spiritual level so because for some reason we needed to have this really physical experience to connect it to really understand it. So there was a physical separation from the divine as this began. And if that's, you know, if we think about the gravity of that, that truly our main purpose on this journey then is a reconnection. It's a journey back to our wholeness and fullness, a back to that divine connection. And the danger in that separation is we have seen the divine as separate from us rather than us being an extension of it and what we are capable of. And I think that has become such a powerful thing for me to understand over the time. And that was the starting point of it 12 years ago where I quieted everything else and I began, and it's not that I didn't have a divine connection before that. I mean, I'd done the prayers and the blah, 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 I'd, all of that. It was this rote activity that I had done that had become behavioral and not fully conscious. And that was a moment of conscious connection into that and an understanding at a depth I hadn't gotten to before. 
So I anchored there. I started there and I just would keep saying that um, as I was trying to make those those decisions, be still and know that I am God. And then just I am. And I knew the power of I am from my mom. She had first, you know, she had learned that in positive affirmations and the power of that. Um, And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a minute. And so it wasn't unfamiliar to me in connection with things that I was saying and stating. Um, I, again, had just moved out of conscious awareness of it and thus purposeful action with it. And so this was a shifting point for me to start to be more conscious of that. So this became a little bit deeper when, so during that time, I had a counselor that was specifically to work with individuals who'd experienced like abuse or trauma and she was fantastic and she so what was interesting is so when I finally got clear on the decision of what I needed to do to move forward and had decided and 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 knew that I needed to um, get divorced um, that during that time when I when um, I had filed it was it was pretty scary time and um, I had been advised to stay in the house during that time because they would often in the decision of court would go ahead or they would they would um, award the house to whoever was in it at the time during the whole divorce and I knew my kids really wanted to keep it and so even though part of me just wanted to be able to take them and go out during this this really scary time of this this proceeding that was painful for everybody involved. I, I stayed because I wanted to be able to hopefully maintain the house for my kids. And so, um, and, and I share that for this, for this key reason. So the counselor at the time said to me, you know, as I was going through it, that she'd counseled so many people and that they, you know, she recommended that if possible, I write mantras or statements of strength to remind myself on little sticky notes, put them on the bathroom mirror. Well, well I couldn't because he was in the house. There were, there were just so many reasons why I couldn't do that. And so I remember leaving there feeling like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I need, like I recognize because I was in such fear, there was so much going on that I was terrified of that I again started to feel like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how to anchor this. And, and I went back as I was leaving the count or I was kind of processing that experience with the counselor and driving specifically. I remember anchoring into that experience again in the hotel and the power of the two words I am and so I wrote those on my wrist and I hit him with my watch and anytime I would get into really intense fear because of things that were happening I would pull my watch down and I would look at those two words I am. And I would take a deep breath and I would be able to anchor back in to that strength, my connection, um, my power in that, in because I'm not separate from, but connected into. And I could keep going. And that was such a profound experience for me that, um, you know, I, there were a couple other experiences after that, that were really painful and terrifying. And I 
would do that again. I would write it on my wrist so that I could look at that and anchor to it. And it has always been this grounding, connecting, empowering um, act that, that is difficult truly to, de- to describe unless you've experienced it. And that's why I'm sharing this because I, I, you know, if it was so powerful that I think, and I've shared it with a few close friends and they've done something similar and felt that way as well. And so I thought, you know, it's, it's time to share this in maybe someone that's listening. This might be incredibly beneficial for you, um, to try that, um, for a while then. And and then my daughter went on a trip. My oldest daughter, Amanda went on a trip and she ended up having a leather bracelet made for me that says I am, and it's constantly on my wrist. Um, since, and this was not a decision I went into lightly, Um, but it's permanently on my wrist. It's very small. It sits under the bracelet because I wanted that representation too. Um, but also to go back to that original experience that I had hit it for a while, that it was just for me. It was for me to know, but I can't tell you the power that still when I look down and I'm struggling how many times during the recent experiences of the last year and a half that I can see those words on my wrist and I reconnect into that immediately and the power and the peace that that brings. As I mentioned earlier, you know, my mom is the one who originally talked to me about the power of these words when she went back east to the pain clinic and they started working with her on positive affirmations. They, of course, set up um, and talked about the power of the words I am. Many will say, you know, be careful of what you put after those two words because it's what shapes your reality. And I believe that it's a state of being. So, um, and we do it unconsciously all the time. So let me give you an example. You know, a lot of times if we're experiencing an emotion, we don't say, I feel sad. We say, I am sad. And we don't realize. So all these statements, I mean, this is why I went into literature and English and and I'm still in the reading arena. There is great power in words. Um, the power to shift our perspective, to expand our mind, to, to make us feel things, to make us think about things. Um, you can change one word in something and have an entirely different feel about something that you're, that you're trying to get across. And like, I will work on wording for hours because I understand that and I want it to feel a certain way. And, and the power in that, it, so often we're just unconscious about it, but the power of our words is huge. And what's interesting is everything, and, my, and I learned this from my mom too, but of course it's expanded upon it in this journey, that our thoughts, the words that we're thinking and saying um, that become automatized without, we have to bring our conscious awareness to because our subconscious takes those in as truth. It just takes everything in as truth and it doesn't necessarily filter Um, what's reality and what's not. But what it does is because it considers that truth, it's going to go ahead and create that. We start to unconsciously have um, an element of creation. You talk about (laughs) really understanding our power and our connection to to the ultimate creator. Um, We create more than we realize. And that all begins with um, our words. I mean, you want to go back to a scriptural example. I mean, he spoke it and it was. Um, and I think sometimes when we maintain that aware, that belief of separateness, 
then that puts us in this place that we don't realize the power that we have within our words, within what we're thinking, step one, and then what we're speaking into being. And so to become really conscious about that, um, and this is what my mother learned, to be very conscious about what she was saying, what was going on, and you can listen to that in her affirmation about um, how she would change that and, and um, focus on very intentionally using those words. And so, again, um, you know, it won't, there's two things that happen when we start to become um, intentional about our wording. So, again, our subconscious will take it all as truth. So we, we've got to be careful about um, what we're saying because it'll start to create that, right? But what's interesting also is when we hold a core belief about something, and I talked about this in the belief episode, we hold a core belief about something like, I'm a failure. And if we say that, right, you say I'm a failure enough, guess what we're going to be creating experiences over and over again that support that belief of, of failure. And so when we start to recognize that belief, and we start to work to change it, we can't just come in and say, um, I am not a failure. First of all, you don't want to use the negative because you're still saying I am a failure essentially in there, just with the word not. And yes, that helps change it, but you want to use it in the positive. So you'd say, you know, I am successful. But the problem is this. <laughs> so when we hold a current belief and we start to try to change that through those statements, um, if it's too far from the current belief that we're holding, it will create what's called cognitive dissonance, where um, it's not matching up in a way because again, our brain remember is, is designed to avoid pain, seek pleasure and be efficient. And so it's designed to fit in to what the current, um, construct it's already created. And so it's going to discount everything that doesn't go with that. So you'll immediately have this negative reaction. Like if you try that, like think of a, a, a belief, you know, that if you can identify one that you currently hold, a negative belief and you want to start to change that and you do an I am positive statement, it will feel off to you. It, it feels weird. It's like, mm, I don't believe that, which is weird because, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like you think just the statement would help shift it, but it doesn't because you're holding that current belief. And that's why I can't talk about this without going back and talking about the beliefs. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest to go back and listen to that one. Because it really is important to recognize that, well, and that will usually be the telltale sign. If when you try to make that new positive I am statement, um, if it's too far off of a current belief you're holding, it'll just, it'll, it'll just feel like, talk about not clicking or not fitting. It just, it won't work. And so you got, that's, that's our, that's our like, oh, hello. Okay. So I'm saying something that's not a current belief I'm holding. And so this is where we can come in and create, um, a more true bridge statement that will help us to create that bridge belief. Um, so if we want to change that belief to I am successful, but we can't get there yet, say, um, I am becoming more successful. I am experiencing more, I am experiencing more success in my day-to-day -day life. So we can do a bridge statement, something like I am experiencing or I am working towards things that would resonate more as true until we can start to shift that belief so that our belief and our words will then eventually match up. That's congruent. That's, that's really when we become into full integrity. It's, it's interesting because we equate integrity often in an incorrect way too. And, and that really is that congruence where the core beliefs that we're so often unconscious of 
those repeated thoughts, perspectives, um, things that have been projected on us that we're not always aware of. And we try to bring in those statements that don't align or our actions that don't align. That's where we can feel that, that really big angst. And so when we want to come into and experience full peace, it's when those align, right? And so when we're trying to shift those negative core beliefs and cognitive biases, we have to create bridge and do little tiny steps so that it can feel true enough to keep moving forward so that our brain doesn't set or our ego doesn't sabotage that in a way that then we just quit doing it and we stay in the negative state that we're at. So be mindful of that, that it's not just as easy as, oh, I'm saying, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm just going to change it to I'm a wonderful person. Well, you know, if it's too far from that belief, if we really have a core belief that I'm a terrible person, then just stating that isn't going to change it. So it's this bridge that we have to create where, so again, as an example, so let's say I hold the, I've been saying, I I start to recognize and observe that I keep saying in my mind, I'm terrible. I'm such a terrible person. So yay, kudos, give yourself a pat on the back for recognizing that that's a thought that you're having with those powerful words I am, which of course is creating your reality. So then you can say, you know what, I don't want to hold that anymore, but that's a core belief. So just going to I'm a wonderful person might feel too far from that, even though of course in reality it's true. But, you know, getting to there, if it doesn't feel true, if you're not holding it as true at this time, it's not going to match up. So do that bridge. Um I am recognizing and committing to looking for um, the ways that I am wonderful. I am capable of being wonderful. I am, um, I am enough even when I'm not at my best. Um, and mistakes that I make doesn't mean I'm a terrible person. They're things that I'm experiencing. And this was a really powerful awareness too. And I shared this a little bit in the episode, the last episode on fight, flight, freeze, or face that I've talked about this with individuals with dyslexia and struggles. So often we, when we experience something, we make it who we are rather than something we're experiencing. So, you know, when we struggle with something, then um, rather than just saying, oh, I'm struggling with this thing, I'm struggling with reading, this is an experience I'm having. It's, oh, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm just, I'm a failure. I'm incapable. And we make all these statements of I am, of who we are based on just something that we're experiencing, a place that we're at in time. And the danger is, is that locks us in. And so being able to separate that, this is something I'm experiencing. So if you can't, you know, think of, you know, I feel sad rather than I am sad and I am experiencing sadness right now. Um, You can say that. So even if you can't, even if you just add the word experiencing after I am, that can be a bridge. I am experiencing anger right now. I am not anger. That's not who I am. I'm experiencing the emotion of anger, which means that I have choice in it. The the other thing too about saying I am is, is we can also equate that with a level of permanence that makes it feel like we can't change it. And so of course we can change anything, but I think our subconscious, what that anchors into is this is just a statement of being. And, and so we lock that in, in a way that keeps us stuck. And so to recognize, you know, that we can change anything and move out and shift anything, our thoughts, our emotions, behaviors, beliefs, all of that. But part of that comes in the language that we're using in ways that we don't realize that we're anchoring it. 
so that we're stuck. And so just changing, you know, I am experiencing this right now, but that means then, the, you know, I don't have to constantly experience that because it's not who I am. But it's important to recognize that, um, you know, that that I am is expansive and can change and, and growth. And we even recognize that that growth um, in the overall divine, that, that we can change and evolve and move. And that is part of our main purpose. But but connecting into and recognizing the power of that and what we're saying is critical. Um, one of my other uh, amazing mentors, uh, Linda Barker, too, um, she, going through a very difficult time, um, talked to me about, again, the power of I am. It's been reiterated at different points on my journey. And one of the things that she taught me was a statement when I was struggling, kind of when I would get, so I would spiral through another really difficult experience. She'd just say, take a breath and say, I am, I am, I am. By all God's grace, I know I am. And you could take out the, you know, if you have a hard time with by all God's grace, or you can just say three times, I am, I am, I am. That statement with deep breath is so, so calming and re-anchoring and can be a really powerful tool um, when we're spiraling to get us back to who we are and what we're... um, the fullness of, of what we're capable of and reconnect us to all of that. So for me, going back to this place, there was a moment um, that I was sitting there <laughs> um, in this place that I'd been to a couple of years or 12 years ago. And I look at where I'm at now from where I was then um, and I think about how alone that, that woman felt, how terrified, how I was so scared for what was in front of me and how powerful that experience was to reconnect into how I'm carried, what I'm capable of, where I can go, and that I was going to be supported in that because this whole journey is about stepping into that and, and, and honoring that our divinity, our I am. And I looked at where I was at now. I couldn't have imagined 12 years ago that I would be where I'm at. I couldn't even see past much at that time, but I was just in deep gratitude for where I am now, for what I've experienced. Um, I wouldn't change any of it. Um, For all of us involved, even amidst the pain so much awakening has happened for everyone involved in that situation. And so much strength and growth has come out of it. And I'm so grateful for that journey, but so in <laughs> deeply grateful for that moment of that reconnection of be still and know that I am God to I am that I am and the recognition that I am and what that means and what I'm capable of in connection with that. So just as a takeaway today, um, I just want you to be mindful of the power in the words of being, I am. Begin to observe how you use them and watch first and foremost. I mean, it's easier to be aware of what you're saying, so watch what you're saying, start there but then go deeper and recognize how you're using those in your thoughts. 
how often, based on your experiences, you are now creating statements of being that's locking you into place and not always in a good place. Be intentional. So that's step one. Start to just observe and how often you're using I am and what you are saying after that, both verbally and in your thoughts. Second step or second thing to be mindful of. Be intentional now. So once you start to observe that, and you can recognize it, be intentional in your use of those words. So for example, if you recognize that you say, oh, I'm sick or I am sad, start to say, I'm, I feel sick, I'm experiencing sickness, or I feel sad rather than I am. And begin to um, see ways that you might need to start working on those beliefs Um, so that you can create some of those bridge statements to help change because that can be a really powerful way to help you start to change those beliefs by using those I am statements. But they have to align and not be too far off from current beliefs you hold. So create those bridge statements, those bridge beliefs, and then move into where you really want to go, what you want to be able to state and have that be um, congruent and in line with the belief, the new belief that you are now holding that's positive and, and more in the direction of who you really are. And the third and final kind of step or lesson summary is to use those words as an anchor when life storms will not subside. <laughs> One of my favorite poems of my mom's um, talks about, you know, to remember that light within you, that connection when the storms just will not move. It is an anchor into the divine and your connection to it. You're not separate, but an extension of. You are limitless and powerful beyond anything that you can imagine. Can you just trust in that truth? Surrender to that truth and embrace that truth. Because if you can, it will change everything. Those two words on my wrist has changed everything for me. I appreciate you all so much for being here, for listening and sharing as we continue to grow on this platform. I look forward to connecting with you on this journey of healing and growth as we pursue perspective and progression. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more podcasts and information on events, visit pursuingperspective.org.